Hi, I'm Sarah Coffey, an educator at the National Museum of American History, and you are listening to History Explorer, a podcast that lets you investigate questions about history along with the staff of the museum. Sometimes, curators find treasures in the collection that have been at the museum for a long time, waiting for someone to ask the right questions about them. Raina Green, a curator who specializes in the histories of indigenous American peoples, found one such stash, a collection of drawings created around the turn of the century by native people from the southern and northern plains of the United States. Collectively, they are known as the Plains Indian Ledger Drawings. And that's ledgers as in old account books, <laughs> which is what, what a ledger was in the 19th century and, and is now. These drawings are extremely interesting. They are primarily by native people from the uh, southern and northern plains of the United States, folks from the northern plains, Sioux, Cheyenne, all kinds of people who, who lived in, in those areas. And they are drawings on mostly old ledger books, but just uh, old forms of paper, sometimes uh, sometimes done on the backs of letters, uh, sometimes done on pages taken from the newspaper. Any way people could get paper and um, drawing instruments of various kinds, pencils, crayons, pen and ink. Asking very basic questions, even just about the medium on which the ledger drawings were done, can tell us a lot about what life was like for a person living during a certain time period. For example, why were these drawings done in ledger books? Paper in the 19th century was just simply not as common as it has been for the rest of us in other parts of the 20th and 21st century. People would use anything they could get hold of. And some of these old ledger, old account books, which they took from the military, which was uh, holding them captive, <laughs> and they were given some of these old account books by uh, by their captors, and I suppose in the notion that making the drawings would keep them busy and keep them out of trouble. The drawings depict a wide variety of subjects, scenes from daily life, great battles, hunts, religious ceremonies, so there is a lot that we can learn from studying them. And there are these intriguing, remarkable pictures that tell an unusual kind of history from the perspective of men who were taking their own accounts of the events they participated in and witnessed, of the places and, and people that were, in fact, their history. But it's, it's even more than that. It's their personal histories, their family histories, their clan histories, regarded mostly as art by the white men who kept them, but really regarded as, as stories of their own lives by the men who produced them. I mean, they're filled with scenes of men hunting, filled with horses, men on horseback, scenes of men engaged in, in battle. And if you think they are just simple little drawings, you would not think that there was much to look at beyond the surface of the drawing. You would think that you were seeing some man who hunted and his obsession with the things he hunted, you know, buffalo, deer, and you would think it was that simple. But then you look beyond them to 
the question we all think when we look at a work of art. Uh, what was he thinking? What was she thinking? What does he want us to know? What does he want us to see? How might he see this differently from the way I see it? When you look deeper, you are seeing something absolutely critical. You are seeing men whose job it is to do this. This is their role in life. They provide for the people. When you see these drawings, you look at the literal scene, but if you know enough to look deeper, you see more. You see a man who is not only telling you about his job in life, but he may be telling you about something very specific, something that he wished to record for posterity. He is essentially encapsulating a piece of history. It might be just a generic old hunting scene, but in fact, his reputation, his status, the execution of his very responsibilities in ceremonial life, in political life, in familial and social life, those things are being encapsulated. And by the way, some of these guys had huge repertoires. I mean, we, we now, you know, as we look all over the country, we see pictures done by the same person. We compare them. They're almost like a, a storybook uh, when you put them all together. But we may see a man's whole life in those drawings. Uh, we can see not only the battles he fought, but very specific ones. We can see the Battle of the Little Big Horn, for example. And on that morning when the Cheyenne uh, went and challenged George Armstrong Custer on the field, we can see from their perspective the specifics of what we've mostly only been told by narratives by the cavalrymen who have written diaries and written accounts. Here we see a man's story about what really happened from his perspective on that field. Many of the drawings include very accurate depictions of clothing and hairstyles that give us clues about who is being pictured and the social dynamics happening in a drawing. Another native person who's part of that social system who looks at the outfits that people have on can tell you all sorts of things. Who this person is related to, what uh, professional role they have in the world. Are they a war leader? Are they merely just a, a novice? <laughs> Almost. Are they an intern, <laughs> you know, to the, to the big warrior? Um, which clan do they belong to? Who is their family? How accomplished are they? It's almost like looking at the ribbons and various things on modern military clothing. They had those codes, too. And the women's clothes also tell you whose, whose colors they fly under, in essence. They're a coded system for understanding more and more about social relationships, about spiritual and religious status, even to the degree about whether somebody is a, a married or unmarried adult. The woman's hair is it done in a certain way that tells us, uh, again, whether she's a married woman or a single woman? And when someone does not know these questions to ask, it looks like a simple little drawing. For example, it might, it might be a sun dance in which the 
warriors are are giving their blood so that uh, spiritual health can come to all the people. It looks like a barbarous enterprise, but if you ask the different question, what does it mean to the man who made this drawing? It also tells you that he had the right to make this drawing. In other words, he was in the inner circle. He has a person who was in the Sundance. Otherwise, he could not make a drawing like that. He would not have been there. It's not just a photograph. It is literally a diary. This is how I felt when this happened. And this is how I felt as evaluated by my own people who will judge me, who will judge me for this. So once you penetrate beyond that surface, something quite extraordinary is going on. And that is quite a diary in front of you. It always seems to me that the key to learning anything is to have curiosity and to ask questions about it. And the kinds of questions that you really have to ask of anything are actually questions about what you know and what you don't know. And you just simply start there. Why is this picture this way? What is he doing? Or the ultimate question here, what would it take for you to understand how people got their dinner or how people did their jobs then? You begin to know something really important about these people. So that's why we have to find ways of asking these questions of these incredible stories, stories that, that may be opaque and dense and have such detail and such passion and such power behind them. They're not what you think. This is a story that we, we don't know until we start asking more of these simple little flat pictures. In this episode, we heard Raina Green's questions about the Plains Indian ledger drawings. If you have any history questions that you'd like us to explore in a future episode, you can get in touch through our website, historyexplorer.si.edu. You can get more podcasts at americanhistory.si.edu forward slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to the History Explorer podcast, and thanks to curator Raina Green for taking the time to talk with us today. Music for this episode by the Underscore Orchestra, Sarigama, and Smithsonian Folkways Recordings. The History Explorer podcast was made possible by a generous grant from the Verizon Foundation.